listening to the OKest Fisher Podcast, part of the OKest Podcast Network, featuring your hosts, Matt Strine and Greg Tubbs. Hey there, welcome back to the OKS Fisher Podcast. Coming at you from the OKS Fisher Podcast studio. Matt, how are we doing? Pretty good. Just got back into town from a business trip and a little tired, but we're here. Business. Was it actual business or was it more pleasure? It was it was business, but then some pleasure. But we had to get the work stuff out of the way first. Okay. So. Did something die? Did something get caught? What was What was the fun part of it? Uh, not having to be at work. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did a little fishing over the weekend. You did a little fishing over the weekend. It was tough with that rainstorm that rolled through. You picked the better, I think, of the two days. More yeah, than, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday where I did the Saturday fish right after the rainstorm. Uh, <laughs> tough fishing out on Mendota, but we did find some big bluegills. They were deep, but they were not... They were, they were very scattered, like we'd find a couple, and then it would die. So we'd move a little bit, find a couple more, and then it would die. Um, not not great fishing, not lights out by any means, but we still had a little fun. And it's uh, always fun to hook into a sheep's head when you're fishing with an ultralight. <laughs> <laughs> that it is. So we have a guest with us today. Everybody does not have to listen to us chew the fat the entire time. We got a guy we can pick on today. none other than mr scott roloff himself how are you scott great nice uh just like uh matt a little tired from work today you know pouring concrete uh job of most people's dreams i know it but (laughs) talking about something that we all love yes yes it gives us something to look forward to right right so we want to talk about walleyes today because you're you're the walleye man in my eyes you're the walleye man (laughs) <laughs> uh, okay. you, you won a pretty 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 big tournament late, uh, recently what can you tell us about that experience yeah that was surreal it still as i i constantly if i'm having a bad day i'm still watching the, the way and you know just reliving the moment like is this actually happened but yeah we won the cabela's ntc championship out of uh marinette out of 278 boats we actually pulled it off and it was uh it was interesting all week. I was up there for eight days straight, or my partner and I were. And every time that I would find something that was out of the ordinary, I completely left all the stuff that I'm used to fishing, just acted like I've never fished walleyes and just went off and did something completely crazy. I found fish on sand, thought, okay, we got something going. Two days later, they're all gone. Water temperatures would change. There was never any wind. So you could literally drive your boat and five feet of water, 20 feet of water, and you would just see hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of walleyes throughout the day, laying just belly to the bottom. You could drift the boat over nothing. And that that was the problem, trying to figure out what to do. So, I mean, you're throwing hair jigs, you're throwing jigging rafts, blade baits, plastic, anything you could imagine, and and nothing. then progressively kept working, trying to get away from the crowds of boats, just do our own thing you know we went out to islands chambers islands strawberry islands all those islands same thing get out there just hundreds of walleyes and giant schools these ones were actually moving so it gave you some encouragement that you could do something with these yet nothing and then it was like four days before the event up in big bay i stumbled across fish in 30 feet of water and i got them to go i'm like oh my god this is going to happen 
two days before the event, they're gone, simply migrating. Wow. And then the, the last two days, we stumble onto something up in Big Bay. It's, again, 14 feet of water. But what Big Bay has that the lower bay doesn't have is that tantric stained red water. So it's just that little bit of different clarity in the water. And it was they were re- relating to a bug hatch. This is what we figured out was you could sit on these fish all morning till about 1130 when these bugs came to the surface, the lake flies, and became just on the brink of wanting to be suicidal. These fish would not bite until that happened, and then they just went berserk. So we were cycling through spots no different than down by Cedar River and stuff, 12, 14 feet of water, big rock. And once those bugs came, those fish, just like you flipped the switch on, and it was one after another, and they were all 27 to 30-inch fish. And wow. So the first day of the event, we were done at 1130. We made six casts at our six walleyes. We had our best five for just shy of 40 pounds. And then day two, we ran back up there. It was a 70-mile boat ride. And there we sat till noon with no fish. Like, what's going on? Wow. We just were not going. And I'll say we came our last spot. We had about an hour left to fish. And we popped off five fish in like 20 minutes. And we were done. Went back in. Had four-pound lead. Day three, the final day. Got the camera guy. He's up there waiting in Big Bay. We get 10 miles out of launch. And we had to call him. So we can't do it. We can't make the run because the waves are too big. So, I mean, that was just a gut-wrenching, heartbreaker decision that both of us said, we're going to fish memories, fish the winds, fish what we do. Pull over to Cedar River, went back to casting um, hair jigs. That's what we caught all our fish off of. And then we, by the time the camera guy got to us, we already had three in a box. And, I mean, it's, it's going to be a good show in the air because, I mean, we had some pretty good fish, and it was a lot of fun, but. You you yeah, need to so let me one some pounds and wow, that that's was awesome. awesome. You got to let me know when that airs because I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I believe it's going to be January February. Okay, sweet. Wow. So you 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 were able to adapt and overcome and still came out smelling like a rose. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was it was a lot of first times for that event. A lot of, and that's what I love about walleye fishing. If I go out and do the same thing day after day, I'm never going to learn anything. I'm never going to make yourself better. Right. And even if the bite is good, we try to force ourselves to get off that bite and just go learn and take a lot of notes and try to repeat. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, we we wanted to ask you a couple questions. Kind of about this transition. You'd mentioned some temperature changes, some water temp changes. We're, let's talk a little bit about going from summer to fall fishing. Yeah. Um, like around our area lakes, I've been playing around a lot, like Beaver Dam and stuff, the shallower lakes. Those walleyes there right now, they're starting to go up on top of uh, the, the hidden like rock beds or what whatnot they are. They come up to like a foot, two feet of water. It's dangerous on beaver dam as most people know they're not marked but casting crankbaits on top of these rocks right now is just lights out it's it's a lot of fun and then um as this progressively goes this fight gets even better and better until late september october then they start relating more to the shorelines and whatnot like uh minona is another prime example i'll be doing this fight in the next three weeks Right now, they're kind of tucked in the really thick weeds, like Mendota and stuff. And I'm sure you know, Greg, going out there and you catch a lot of walleyes. They're tight to the weeds right now. And yeah. And as the year goes, they're going to start progressing shallower and shallower. And 
makes it a heck of a lot easier coming out of their little haunts and and whatnot just following the following the bait fish around yeah and i mean and the Madison chain's got a lot of perch in it and a lot of small perch for that matter. So, and hence the reason why we're not catching a whole lot of big perch out of, out of those lakes right now. The cycle's just way off or we just have a lot of small ones in there. So that's what they're relating to is chasing the small yeah. perch that are all over in those weeds. And if you happen to slip a leech, if you can get them, or a, or a night crawler, a full night crawler over there, if a bass don't grab it first, the walleye will get it. Yeah. And then some of the deeper lakes um, that don't have an algae bloom, like Mendota and Minona do, Big Green has been a great one this summer. Going out to crystal clear water, live scoping those things at 100, 120 feet of water. They're down 20 feet in their tanks. They're all 26 to 30 inch fish. I mean, they're just <laughs> nothing you're going to eat, but it's fun. Yeah. And, and they're doing the same thing on Geneva. Just where we got these clear lakes, there's all these smaller lakes in the south, southeastern Wisconsin, all doing the same thing. Just it's a whole new another bite that I'm trying to learn and pick apart, but it's a lot of fun. It's frustrating, but it's fun. Well, and having live scope, like I think you kind of nailed it there a little bit too. You're you're fishing the abyss and trying to find where they're at, and with a with a regular regular locator, you you got to drift over them to see the arcs there, wherever the depth is, and they probably spook and go a little lower than your you know, what maybe you need to fish. And once your boat passes, they come back up again. But having live scope at least kind of helps you pinpoint where they are and maybe give you a better real-time idea of depth. Yeah, what the live scope has taught me is actually how scared they are of the boat or how spooky they are of the boat where I've been playing with it more and more through the years. And this year I've been confident. I'm setting it out to 150 feet and I'm watching these fish act. And when they get within 80 feet of the boat, they're already sliding off to either side of the boat or they're going straight to the bottom already. And this is in dirty waters. It's just mind-blowing what you can see with that versus if, if you didn't have live scope, all these fish that I'd be catching, I'd be driving around, I wouldn't even know they exist. I don't see them on side image. I don't see them on 2D because they're already down in the bottom. They're back in their little haunts. So clear water... They, uh, they're usually found over deeper water, right? I mean, but you're saying yeah, that, right. yeah, and, and even even the but but the stained water, it's uh, most of your stained water lakes aren't as deep, it seems. Yeah, it seems like the dirtier the water, the more susceptible are the shallower they are. They're hanging around the weeds and stuff. The, this clear water. Whether I, they might be chasing Cisco's or whatnot on on Big Green or Geneva, I'm not exactly sure what they're targeting out there. I mean, I know what they're targeting on Green Bay when I'm catching them suspended out there. They're all puking all LOIs and schmelt nonstop. Okay. So I'm not like I don't know what exactly they're eating out there, but like Beaver Dam, it's sheephead, little baby white bass, perch, Mendota, like used to the same thing. It's little perch and other minnows. When they're in that when they're in that deeper water, and you said they're they're staying down that twenty foot, are they are they on the like the thermal climb? Are they is that where they're hanging out, or does it not matter for them? They do not go below that thermal climb. Yeah, wherever that thermal climb is, it's they won't be below that. Um, I've caught them. I've seen them five feet down already on flat, calm days, super sunny. It is crazy to see walleyes. It goes against everything I've ever learned. 
five to ten feet down in a hundred feet of water and a bright sunny day, no wind. You're going, these aren't fish. You cast at them, catch them. And you're like, oh my god, just <laughs> that's that's crazy. That we've all read and read in you know magazines, videos that we've all watched. It's teaching you completely different than what I'm seeing. Sure. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I mean, traditionally, in this, like you, you know, there's things that you just kind of learn as you walleye fished over the years and and some of it is just a mentality thing too, where I I don't know why I think summer walleye are going to be tougher to catch, you know, fish right now are going to be tougher to catch. Um, Is it due to the baits that I'm using? You know, should I be using live bait most of the time or can I do okay off of, off of, uh, you know, artificials? Can I do okay off of throwing Kytex or throwing flicker shads or whatever? And I, I know guys like, you know, you you seem to be catching most of your stuff off of artificials, whether it's a hair jig or a plastic or a crankbait. Um, care to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I'll give a good example. Uh, a week ago, I was out on Green Bay, and I wish I took pictures to show you how many fish were actually stacked here, but we're talking like three, four football fields of solid fish. And I'm casting everything that I own into these fish to get them to bite, and I never once got a bite jigging. Everything that I own, I'm like, well, maybe I don't know what the heck I'm doing anymore. So I pulled up the old bag of tricks, what I do on like Lake Ripley, Rock Lake, all around here. Grew up doing little tiny ice fishing jig, half a crawler, slip bobber. As soon as that thing got down, gone. One walleye after another. They're, they'll take that, but they wouldn't take take anything else I threw them. They wouldn't take the uh, the seventeen dollar jerk bait that you have in no, your box. They just wanted that little <laughs> tiny ice fishing jig that we would use ice fishing bluegills for those walleyes and that's honestly my staple around here when i'm fishing these lakes if i'm not casting crankbaits or shallow stuff it's ice fishing jigs half a crawler and a bobber on a weed edge or rock pile that makes Seems sense like you can, yep you can never go wrong with that or leeches if you can find them yeah unfortunately uh dick smith's is all sold out uh for the year we missed them by a week <laughs> oh. but you gotta, you gotta go up north they got a whole bunch of them up north so See, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say after this weekend gets through with a little bit of a silver fishing, it's going to be right back to walleye fishing. Um, going up to Surgeon Bay for next weekend, and and that's all those fish that were all deep all summer chasing all those schools of alewives are now just loaded up on the structure on those islands, and it's if if you follow certain guys up there, they're just absolutely pound town on on big fish, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, catching a big old gravel lizard off the bottom—that's uh, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> so, do you do any trolling this time of year? Yeah, when I'm on the bay, I'll still troll. I I, I believe it or not, I do love trolling. Um, Beaver Dam earlier in the summer, I love trolling little salmos, little flicker minnows. It's just because you don't know what you're going to catch. I catch so many crappies and perch mixed in with the walleyes, and it's nice, easy, relaxing thing for my daughter and I to do. I mean, tons of the plethora of catfish that you're going to catch throughout the day, too. But yeah, um, the lakes around here, now this time of year, trolling kind of sucks. The weeds are all dying. They're floating on the surface. Mm-hmm. More of a pain than anything. Yeah, Mendota was a nightmare with the amount of stuff floating around in it over the weekend. 
And I don't know if they just trimmed somewhere along the shoreline somewhere or what. <laughs> That's what it looked like. It looked like someone dumped all their grass clippings in the water. It was that bad. And that's what Kagans looked like three weeks ago, too. I went out there playing with the walleyes, and it was just, it was a nightmare floating stuff everywhere. Man. So let's get back to the live bait presentation a little bit. So you were saying like an ice fishing jig or a small jig, maybe even a bobber bug. Do you like a little flash above it, or do you like just a plain jig with just a split shot? Um, what's your rig look like? Most of the time it's... um. I wish I can knew the name of the jig. I don't know. That's all right. You think I would know everything, but it's just a tiny, uh, I guess, a banana-style ice fishing jig, maybe okay. a number 10 hook on it. And as far as colors go, blue, silver, purple, silver, and half a crawler. Then I usually have about a two, two-and-a-half-foot lead to a couple big split shots, and it's as simple as can be. And then um, as far as line goes, a lot of guys, you know, they want to go light line, fisher spooky, like bluegills and stuff. I'm that crazy guy that's using 10-pound fluorocarbon with all ice fishing jig. And Never going to lose I a one. <laughs> I, I don't see anything making a difference. I'm the guys out there ice fishing panfish with six-pound tests. To me, it, I haven't seen any difference in line affecting anything. i just rather try to be able to pull something out of the weeds or whatnot. Yeah, and I've caught a lot of fish on 10-pound fluoro. I even caught big bluegills on 10-pound fluoro you know, trying to catch walleyes and bluegills have no problem hitting it. If no. they're hungry, they're going to eat. Yeah. So that's exactly. just what it comes down to. Yeah. And they'll eat jumbo leeches for that matter. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> so do you, do you change your colors up going into the fall or is it primarily the same colors you're using? I know you mentioned a few colors. Does that change throughout the year? On the bay, it's purples, gold, um, Sometimes blue and silvers, but it's usually a darker color, mimicking gobies. Unless you're fishing high, then it's something flashy like L-Wives. Around here, I'm casting my my crankbaits or stick baits. They're usually um Tennessee shad and something like a hot steel. But I don't notice colors really making that much of a difference versus how you twitch them and retrieve them, making more of a difference in the styles, different styles. Usually I'm throwing husky bait, or well, excuse me, husky jerks, size 10. Just something simple when I'm shallow. And then when I'm uh, casting jig like a Kytec 3.5, the swimming impact, the skinny ones. Um, if you can get them, it's called uh, Pro Staff, or, and it's like uh, the old Mr. Twister brown and orange is what that color is. And I haven't found anything in any of these lakes that even compare to that as far as jigging and casting, catching walleyes and bass and everything else. <laughs> that's pretty much my go-to from summer through fall. Yeah. That's, that's good to know. You know, so every uh, it all depends on the body water, like you said, too. Um, but, yeah, that's – yeah. I just – I like – sorry, I'm, I'm taking it back. I like 400 things is popping in my head at once. Because I just remembered how you said they all started to come up shallow. The walleyes do this time of year. We had that same thing. We were jigging up walleyes in one and a half foot of water. Yep. And it just, it blows my mind because you think walleye is such a deep fish. And I just, yeah, just crazy. Right. That was a a random thought that just popped in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's craziest stuff that I've been seeing. I got a great partner, Lance Bussey, and he pushes me to think outside the box. I'm constantly trying all this stuff, and 
And like when I'm doing that shore fishing in Manoa, I mean, it blows your mind how shallow these fish are sitting. They're sitting in less than a foot of water, four, five, six pound walleyes. I'm like, what? What are they doing? They should not be here, buddy. And that's the but time. It is a time of day thing, though, too, right? I mean, you're looking dusk, dusk to dawn, nighttime fishing when they're in that Night, shell. Nighttime, yeah. As the as you know, evening comes, they start moving up that shallow from the thick weeds. I think that's the problem with Minona is it's so weed choked on these prime spots that you can't get at these fish during the day just because they're laying so tight in these weeds. And I've tried and tried, and I've not been able to unlock Minona to save my life to figure out how to get those big walleyes because it, it's loaded with big fish. There's no doubt about it. That's one lake I've not fished yet. I've contemplated, but I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm attracted by that bigger body of water just to the north of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bigger body, maybe there's bigger fish, but I don't know. That whole that whole system's loaded with awesome fish, and once you figure out some of the things, like you're saying, you know, time of night, you know that you can't do it during the day because they're they're belly to bottom in the weeds where the oxygen's good. They're in the shade, they're happy, yep. and they come out and gorge at at night, and then they're back into the weeds again as the sun comes out. Yep, and the other good bite should be coming up pretty quick if the water gets a little higher is Fort Atkinson, I believe, river fishing. Yeah. And that's another really fun one, and it's and it's a simple thing. You're almost going right back to your spring tactics with uh, dragging plastics and and maybe long lining flicker shads or flicker minnows back up the river. Yeah. That's something that we used to do uh, when I was a kid is go out in fall and hit the crawfish to the north there and we would catch fish pretty much in our spring spots and you'd bump into some old timers that you know they had stories to tell about how great you know everybody's out duck hunting not me i'm out fishing it's right pretty cool yeah what what turns that bite back on why do they do that in the fall it's i believe it's a fluctuation of bait coming back in the river the cool temperatures the flow just seems uh Every river system is the same thing. You can expect a migration of fish going back back up from down here up to Green Bay. It's the same thing. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, Metro, if you ever get up to Green Bay again, warm water discharges are your friend on Green Bay. Um, and they're big. They are big, big, big fish that you're catching in a river in the fall. When guys are all deer hunting, that's when you want to be out there walleye fishing. Yeah, and when guys are out deer hunting, you also want to be out duck hunting. And it's, it's a vicious cycle, man. We do it all. Uh, if we if we could do it all, man, it'd be it'd be something, well, wouldn't it? And get that's why I plan to shoot my deer the first day of opening season with the bull. Nice. We, we all plan on doing that. Yeah, it's... we all plan plan on doing right? that. Everybody <laughs> Everybody tag out early because we got fishing and duck hunting. And- oh yeah. yeah, yeah, we've heard that a bunch of times between our little group that we got going. Hurry up and shoot your deer so we can go duck hunt. Quit, quit messing around with that. And I'm thinking, well, we got I got a brand new kayak sitting in the garage from Old Town that I need to go put some put some miles on and try and go do some fishing and duck hunting out of too. But uh, yeah, looking forward to trying that out. So we're kind of. Getting towards the end here, Scott. Have you had any recent OKS Fisher moments? Uh, the last time I was out was Saturday, this past Saturday. I had the ingenious idea of going up to Sturgeon Bay 
and chasing walleyes when i launched a boat in uh surgeon bay in the canal i'm like oh my goodness the, the wick the flags are standing straight out coming out of the west i'm like this isn't gonna happen i'm not making it out to larson's so no need to break my back today so i thought what the heck i'm gonna go out to lake michigan try to learn the salmon out there so i went out to the great reef or outer reef whatever they call it and just live scoping around i never saw any fish i played around then whatever just learn learn the new stuff yeah came back in the canal look at side image just filthy loaded with perch i mean just everywhere's perch i'm like oh this is gonna be fun so i thought spot locking 20 feet of water middle canal first perch 13 inch i'm like here we go the problem being is the salmon guys with their 40 foot bullets and beyond that decide that you're just a little gnat on their windshield and they're going to come at you and they don't care you're in their way so they would go so close that their first wake the whitewash would actually come inside my boat and i mean i'm catching perch i'm getting drowned guys up in the weeds the old timers are laughing they're having just a riot going look at this crazy bastard on the canal <laughs> i mean i'm just sitting there going like this one after another and it was fun it was it, it tested your nerves let me tell you i mean you just kept looking at him coming head on at you like please turn please see me <laughs> but that's the moment for that weekend yeah well it doesn't sound like it was too bad of a moment you survived it so you survived it caught fish had a great time and see this weekend got the little fair day thing going friday and then i'm going out the port and cool try to do some jigging for salmon and Nice. Well, yeah, can't wait to hear about that one. Yeah, yeah, right? we're gonna we're gonna have another return. You're gonna get sick of us real fast. <laughs> no. Well, cool, man. Thanks for tuning in. Yep. This is uh, this is it, Matt. You got anything to add? No, I'm All good. Right. Well, we're gonna rock out for a, a minute and thirty seconds. So enjoy. <laughs>